WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What is the nature of sleep? Is it possible for some people to do their best work in their sleep? I use that as an excuse for a nap now and then. Yeah. If so, is it really doing them doing the work? Hey there, and welcome to the 262nd broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and asking these unusually strange questions, well, isn't that kind of a double negative? Well, that's not a double negative. It's kind of a redundant uh, statement. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, Saying those statements was my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Yeah, that's me. Uh, by day, 36-year-old Lee Hadwin is a cer- yeah, certified nurse from London. And the number, uh, I should, I'm sorry, I'm looking confused. I wonder if that's really his age. Lee, I'm going to cut right in here. Is that your age, 36? 37 now. 37. Time flies when you're having fun. I'm sorry. It does. Uh, and he's a native of North Wales. In everyday life, he has not the inclination, talent, nor training to be an artist. But when he goes to sleep, watch out. He creates brilliant works of art, having no memory of, of it <clears throat> when he wakes up. Lee has been walking in his sleep since the age of four, but it was only when he stayed at a friend's house at age 16 that he first began to draw in his sleep. Uh, quote, the next morning, my friend's mother found drawings all over the walls of the kitchen, he says. Your friend must have had a very patient mother. Lee has been described by Scotland's Edinburgh Sleep Clinic as unique. While asleep, he draws and sketches portraits, figures, and landscapes. In his late teens and early 20s, while still living at home, Lee began to draw or scribble on walls, tables, clothes, discarded newspapers with pens, crayons, and coal, anything he could get his hands on. Now he's better prepared and has sketchbooks and materials scattered around his apartment, which he shares with his partner, Clint. Even he admits at the start his work wasn't much to look at, but as the years have passed, the drawings have become more detailed, more profound. Now, with interest from galleries around the world, Lee has discovered a global demand for his work. I'm very happy to have Lee back on the show after nearly two years. His website, www.leehadwin.co, not .com, as he pointed out very wisely, leehadwin.co. And you can see some of his art on our Talking Points page for this show at behindtheparanormal.com. And that does have an M in it. So, Lee Hadwin, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. No, it doesn't have an M. No, I, I mean, I mean our our website. <laughs> oh, our website. Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know what's the matter with me today. Not enough vegetables lately. Okay. So Ben, take it away. All right. After that brimming introduction, Lee, um, where has your art career taken you since we last talked? I'm doing a lot of work now, uh, Ben, for a lot of charities, a lot of charity work, uh, and obviously a lot of galleries, uh, especially online galleries. Uh, and yeah, basically, my my latest my latest piece has gone to the Mr. Donald Trump. So yeah, he's a proud owner now. So yeah, th- things oh. are looking up. Yeah, <laughs> things are looking up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't look like it'll hang so, in the White House, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't so, think they can afford it. <laughs> oh well, maybe you never know. Considering the it's budget. a strange country lately. Oh well, yeah, you spend never. money to make money. So uh, let me get this straight: uh, you have never had a single art class. Never. Never. Wow. I wish I could do that. So do you draw sketches, draw and sketch every night, or is it just sort of uh, come and go? 
Yeah, it just comes and goes, uh, Ben. Like, basically, I can draw maybe two or three sketches in one week and then not draw anything for about two or three months. Uh, or maybe do one or two in one night, or I can start one one night and then finish it two or three days later, which is the strange part. So, yeah. Huh. So do you use paints or oils, or do you just sketch? Uh, normally, uh, it's normally in pencil her but over the last three or four years i've started leaving oils out acrylics uh, pencils different colored pens because it was only the last two years actually since i was on the show last uh, everything i drew before prior to that was everything was in black and white so it's only been the last uh, year and a half where i've started using color which was another weird uh, another weird thing so yeah, i've just got to be a little bit careful because the apartment that i rent now i've just got to be very careful what i leave out because one of the apartments yeah i've sort of yeah messed up a lot of the walls there so <laughs> the landlord wasn't too happy so yeah so i'm very cautious what i leave out now a lot of patient people in the uk <laughs> yeah <laughs> very lucky man yeah. <laughs> so how many um artworks have you created so far I've got around about 100, 110. Because wow. obviously, like, when I first started at the age of four years old, a lot of the stuff, obviously, my parents threw out. I just, I just threw out because literally I was just scribbling. So that, that was the strange thing. It's only really been from the age of 15, 16, from my late teens where the work started becoming more intricate. That's why my parents and the doctors just brought it down to normal sleepwalking because I was literally just scribbling so that it wasn't art, so to speak. Uh, so, yeah, it's only really been from the age of 16, 17, where the drawings have become more intricate. And, yeah, I mean, in in the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic, I mean, they use the word unique, but they a lot of people say you can't produce stuff when you're asleep, which I disagree, because obviously there's a lot of mu- musicians out there that create songs while they're asleep. You know, they, they come up with tunes while they're asleep. So I do think there's a part of the brain that is is quite creative, even though we are asleep. Yeah, it's funny. We were uh, related to Julia Ward Howe, the American uh, actually sort of poet and teacher, but she woke up one night, sat down, and wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And, uh, Bro? Just, just right out of her sound sleep before, before she forgot it, she wanted to write it down, and hence you have the Battle Hymn of the Republic. She was a cousin of ours. But, uh, I, so it does happen. Now, before we get into my questions, which are going to go a little deeper into this subject, Lee, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the charity that we're going to be giving a shout-out to tonight. We'll do so at the end if we have time, but we tend to get rambling. on Not rambling, yeah, but, but going. But go ahead and tell us about <laughs> what, uh, Yeah. Yeah, basically, Paul, it's just the Missing People Charity. It's, the, it's the, one of the main UK charities over here in the UK that deal with people who go missing. Uh, but obviously, that's, they do a lot of services worldwide, especially there in, obviously, America, South America. Uh, so, you know, if, if a child goes missing or an adult, uh, that's the point of Paul. Uh, some people don't want to be found, but at the same time, they might want to leave a message for the families and vice versa. The families need support, obviously, if a loved one does go missing. So, yeah, it was just, I came across the charity by accident. I was doing a morning television program here with uh, Sir Richard Branson, and we got talking to a lady who'd lost her sister. Uh, I hadn't seen her for about four or five years, and she gave me a card, and it had the missing people website on there so i decided from from that day onwards that i'll donate 20 30 percent of whatever i make from my art will go to the charity so yeah oh that's wonderful and uh, is there a website people can find out more or, or yeah what? they can just go to missingpeople.org.org or there is a link on my website direct to the charity there so yeah excellent 
I have to I have to to point out that the last time I was in Britain, uh, well, they even whenever I've been to Britain, everybody is is into these charities, and it's just wonderful to see. Uh, this is somewhat off topic, but I was in. Uh, Devon in 1989, and I was uh, had been sent to, <coughs> excuse me, by a magazine to investigate the Beast of Exmoor. Okay. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah one of the cryptids, well, actually one of the one of the cougars or whatever it is, mountain lion sort of critters. And I, I was uh, running around Exeter, and uh, I have a lot of family in Devon, and and I was, uh, but I hadn't seen any cousins yet, and everyone was wearing these red noses. And, oh, right, uh, for Red Nose Day. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't want to appear to be staring at people or, 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 or acting oddly. And, you know, the shopkeepers, even cars would go by. Yeah. Uh, I was in uh, Moulton interviewing a farmer, in, actually Molland in, in North Devon, about the, 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 his experiences with these critters. And a car went by with a big red nose, and that was it. I said, w- would you please tell me what this is? And he laughed, and he said, oh, it's Red Nose Day. It's a, for the... Uh, I guess it's the comic relief uh, charity, which was. That's uh, it. That's it. Yeah. So that's my experience with British charities at this point. But uh, yeah. certainly wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> okay, that's so back good. to our sure. So back to our questions, Lee. What what do you feel is actually happening here? Are you in touch with yourself as a great artist in a parallel life, a reincarnation of Rembrandt? What what? You must you must have come to some conclusions. Yeah, I just I just think what like my view of life, uh, Paul. Especially, I mean, it's funny that you bring up parallel universes. I've been watching a series on uh, on television lately on parallel universes. I just think, as human beings, I think the more technology we've got, I think we've lost our sixth sense, so to speak. Uh, I think we're all wrapped up these days with mobiles, computers, etc. And I think I think as humans, we've we've sort of lost lost touch with that sixth sense, so to speak. And I think every all of us, I think, have have something special or unique. I think it's just, I suppose it's harnessing that. And I, I think, like you say, I mean, there's a lot of people, when you do go to sleep, people think, yeah, it is just sleep. But I don't know, I think we, we, we may go to a different plane or, I mean, I believe there's around about 16 different parallel universes. Is that, that's what my view is. And I think we, we do a different thing in each one. Yeah, so that's, well, that's yeah, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what I believe anyway. So sure, no, a lot of it, that's more or less the string theory. But yeah, it's uh, I, I happen to think there there are in, perhaps an infinite number, but what, the six of one half dozen of the other. It may, it may be that sure. explanation. Uh, do you find that I think your point is is an interesting one that, that perhaps all the electronics have um, subverted our sixth sense, as we might say. Do you find that when you use technology, whether it be the computer or everyone has iPhones or whatever, do you find yeah. that you paint less in your sleep when that occurs? I actually, I mean, I'm not sure about less, but I do paint more on the, I don't, this is not to, not to promote alcoholism, but I do, I do tend <laughs> to drink more after a drink of vodka. So yeah, I don't, because I, even in the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic, they, they do think like sleep depri- deprivation and alcohol can bring on that. So I don't know if there's something there with the alcohol or you are de- you're using a different part of your brain or something. Okay. So, yeah, I do, I do tend to, that's one thing I have noticed is that I do tend to do a lot more drawings when I've had a drink, so. I yeah. see. <laughs> All right. But I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> okay. All right, well, you know, it happens, I suppose. All right, um, uh, have you noticed any patterns in your work? And we asked this before, but we're coming closer to the, Infamous uh, 2012, whatever that may mean. Sure. And uh, do you find 
certain people, landscapes, or themes recurring? Have you noticed any pattern? Just, I just do a lot of numbers and a lot of circles. Also, I don't know if this... I mean, I'm very... I've always, since an early age, always been interested in the universe and stuff like that. So I don't know with the circles if that's something to do with the universe and solar systems and planets and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's my personal view that it comes from that. Uh, in terms of the numbers, I've looked into numerology and... Yeah, it's it's a hard one. It was like, I mean, I touched touched base with you last time, a couple of years back on the show, yeah. about the whole eleven eleven phenomenon, and I didn't really want to go down that route. And I'd been seeing eleven eleven for quite some time, which is, yeah, I mean, it's just stopped all of a sudden. So I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's 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 a, it's a hard one, really. Well, it's ma- mainly the circles. That's the pattern. So I don't know if that's some kind of thing with planets or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, we're coming down to the wire here on. Uh Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. And uh, we're going to be taking a break, and we will be right back with Lee Stewart Hadwin. What, are we got a false alarm here? Okay, we're going to keep going. All right, thank you, Detroit. All right, so Lee, uh, would you, I just, what, there are a lot of people who are saying that their creative work, whether and these are people who are not, you know, asleep when they're doing their work, you sure. know, not trying to be funny, but this is essentially what's uh, what's happening. Are saying that, that they are noticing, they're getting nervous about the the um, twenty twelve situation. They're they're uh, they're finding sure. that their work is taking on uh, more ominous tones or more upbeat tones, uh, whatever you might think. Um, what do you think is coming, if anything, in the twenty twelve period? Everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants to know, and the eleven eleven thing. I mean, is that real? I don't even know if that's related. Yeah, I think it's it's very hard, Paul, with the 2012 thing. Like you've, you've got to really separate the hype from, from like, I mean, going back to the Mayans and all that. I've done a lot of research myself and watched quite a few documentaries on the Mayan calendar and the 2012 thing. My my personal view is, and I don't want to burst everyone's bubble, I just think <laughs> it's going back. it's going back to that sixth sense. I think with human civilization back then, I think we were more in contact with the with the universe, the stars, etc. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe something will happen. I, I personally don't think so. I just think it's just history repeating itself, and yeah. the, the Mayan people could recognize that in in history and use the stars, you know, okay, to, to, to focus on that. So it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's a hard one. It really okay. is. I mean, well, let's you, uh, you let's... believe us out there. Okay, let's try our, uh, our break again. Uh, we're going to be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and our guest, Lee Hadwin. Stay with us. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. This is The Lisa J. Smith Show. Hi, this is Lisa J. Join me for Lisa J. Now at 3 o'clock Eastern on CBS Radio The Sky. I'm bringing to you some great guests, numerologists, angel card readings, and more. That's at 3 o'clock Eastern on CBS The Sky. Look up to the sky. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Reach out. New SkyRadio.com.
Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back behind the paranormal and we have our very interesting guest this evening, uh, Stuart Lee Stuart Hadwin, uh, the British artist who, who t- paints in his sleep. Okay. All right, uh, what's going on over there in Detroit, anyway? Uh, no, don't worry about it, just okay. keep going. Just All right, going. okay, good. Keep your eye on five different things at the same time. Okay, now we were talking about patterns in uh, Lee's work and the various uh, phenomena that occur in the sense of his painting only while asleep. Lee, do people ever come to you and say that your work reflects their dreams? Uh, I get... Going back, there was, there's a few pieces of work. Uh, I did a program for New Zealand television. I got a lot of uh, emails from a lot of people in New Zealand that one of my drawings represented or what they, they claim that represented a UFO that they believe that they'd been abducted in. So, oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sh- that, that's, yeah, I mean, going back to one piece, that was one piece where I got a lot of comments where, yeah, so maybe I was abducted, I don't know. Well, there are always, um, suggestibilities and synchronicities and things of this kind, but when I always find when a numerous people come to you and say something, it's it's worth paying attention to, certainly. Yeah, and even sure. if some, you know. Now, do you do you ever have people who say they recognize themselves in your art? Uh, not not really. What I do get though is a lot of weird weird uh, calls and emails saying, "Can I draw people naked if they come over to my place?" And it's like well, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Okay. All right. So yeah. Yeah. What do you say to something I can? (laughs) What do you say to doubters? People who either doubt that you actually paid in your sleep, or that you have actually created the works that you have created. It's 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 the same old same old, Paul. It's like from the age of sixteen, seventeen, when I first went into the media, was a lot of speculation that you know he's he's always been an artist and. With the documentaries I've done over the past, that was the hardest thing to prove was not the fact that I, I was drawing in my sleep. It was the fact that I, I could 
draw while I was awake. So obviously I've got the backing of the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've gone through my old school reports. They've spoke to my high school, primary school teachers. And it's it's like I've said to everyone else, Paul, if, if I was a true artist, then I would have took a career in art. And, you know, if it... If, if I could draw while I was awake, then it's one hell of a scam from the age of four. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, you know. I don't know. You know, what, so, so you know, I, would, of, I would have gone to university. Speaking of the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic, uh, what, what happened there? Uh, we did a documentary for one of the UK channels over here uh, about three years ago. Uh, so they did tests on me there and just said I was unique. Uh, and then this Christmas just gone, I did a, a documentary for Japan and they give me a pen and paper to go to sleep with. The good thing there, they actually caught me on camera with my hands moving and stuff like that. So I got enough evidence there, obviously, to suggest that I've got something going on with my mind. And I've got, obviously, all the tendencies there of sleepwalking. So that, that's the information we've got at the moment. So, yeah, and which is good. Okay. Well, this led to my next question. Have you ever seen yourself on on, on film or on tape <laughs> engaged in this <laughs> no, activity? Yeah. Many times, it's it's strange looking at yourself, Paul. I, I know I got back to the alcohol thing, but it's, it does it when you're seeing yourself doing and producing something like that. It's really, it's yeah, it's it's, it's hard to explain. Now how creepy is like, that? Yeah, it is. And when I wake up the next day, I've got no recollection of what I have drawn. But to actually see yourself, it's like it's frustrating as well because you think, oh, I wish I could do that while I was awake. It so really it's weird. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 very strange. Okay. Very strange. Ben's got some more questions. All right, so do you ever let people witness your paintings? Or are you painting, actually? Well, you kind of answered that with the whole thing, but pe- but not off-camera, like off the record? Yeah, uh, I've got, obviously, friends and that. What, what, what I am looking at doing, man, is some live installations for the latter part of uh, this year and next year. I want to do some live installations in galleries. Oh. Keep it tasteful, though, because I don't want to come across as some kind of freak. So it's, it's got to be yes. done properly. So I would, I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind just doing like a week in a gallery where people can just log in around the world and just obviously see what happens. Because uh, I think it's 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 right. I've been I've been approached by Ripley's, believe it or not, here in London. Uh, so mm-hmm. they want me to do some signings here, uh, but I've sort of declined on the sleeping part because yeah, I think that's just pushing it a bit too much. But whereas if it's in a controlled environment like a gallery, people. Have, it takes away the expectation because I think if you're someone like Ripley's trying to sleep over, you're going to have families expecting something. Whereas if it's in a gallery, it's as, as I said, because it doesn't happen every night. At least in a gallery setup, people can just you know they can log in, look at my work at the same time. They can watch me live on camera, and there's, there isn't that expectation there. So that's good. That's good. Well, we run into the uh, the, the occasional director or producer who says, "Why can't you?" Produce this on command, you know that sort of thing. What's well, so, Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's like all the ghost hunting shows out there. It's oh like you, if you don't, they don't find anything, it's like oh well, whatever. You, they expect that like you find something every time. You can't. Yeah, well, go ahead, Ben. All right. Uh, so, what other paranormal experiences have you had besides any. this? Uh, my the, the only one that really really sticks out, going away from the eleven eleven whole thing, is. When I was around about seven years old, I remember staying over at my grandparents' house and hearing something above my head and then just like, I couldn't open my eyes. I wanted to open my eyes, but I was too afraid to. And it was like someone was tearing cooking foil, you know, the foil that you cook with, uh-huh. like tearing strips of foil. It was falling on my face. 
And I just remember waking up the next morning on the floor, and that's, yeah, I, I suppose, I mean, some people say that's part of sleepwalking as well, but I remember fully being conscious and not wanting to open my eyes for fear, and I could hear someone above me. So, yeah, that, that's, that's probably the closest I've had. That's kind of funny. Let me just interject here, Ben, if I may. Yeah, sure. This, this, these strips of foil thing uh, are analogous to things that supposedly have been dropped from UFOs at times, or supposedly anyway, uh, as uh, some sort of residue that supposedly has been collected. Angel hair, it's been called. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it just strikes me that when you described it as uh, sort of strips of foil that, that, uh, that it seemed to, seemed to match in a way the description one often yeah. hears about uh, this UFO thing and the although I don't see what <clears throat> what um, um, relation this would have to any sort of UFO abduction unless aliens are giving you art lessons or something you know other than that I don't see <laughs> relevance <laughs> you never know no you, oh no it's a strange world I'm sorry Ben go ahead it is. <laughs> oh no no worries. Uh, have you ever been hypnotized, and did that ever help you find out how this is happening? Not, not fully hypnotized, but I've gone into in, in like hypnotherapy, where obviously they can they can just it's it's more of a like like hip, hip, hypnotherapy. It's just to see if there's anything troubling. I've been to psychologists, which was interesting because a couple of my paintings, I've done a, a couple of uh, photos of a, of a lady, and there was two on one page, and one was like represented a strong person and the other picture is a represented a weak person so they they did me a psychology for about an hour and a half and then they brought out these two pictures and reckoned it was maybe trauma or something but i don't know i'm not i don't really buy that so <laughs> mm. yeah understandable so what what happens when you try to paint while you're awake have you ever developed any talent in that regard no, I mean, I've tried and tried even during the documentaries. I've really tried hard even to try and copy something that I've done. But obviously some of the scribble stuff, I mean, to me, anyone can scribble. So obviously if I get a pen and paper and start scribbling, it's, it, you, can, you can tell it's done by the same person. But when it comes to the more detailed stuff, like landscapes and portraits, yeah, I haven't got a hope in hell. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's, how it's did quite you... After, uh, when you were young, uh, and this first began, I mean, after your mother cleaned the walls, uh, how did your parents react to this? I know your father was a musician, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Well, you, uh, but, but, yeah, basically, Paul, it's been, because I was four years old and, I, you know, it just started, where I'd get a felt-tip pen, as you do, or a crayon from school and just sit there drawing. It was just, even when they took me to the doctor, it was, it was just put down to sleepwalking because... I mean, it's just like any child getting up and sleepwalking. I mean, people cook cook food in their sleep. You know, people have driven cars in their sleep. So because it wasn't out of the ordinary in terms of what I was producing, they just put it down to simple. Oh, he's sleepwalking. He's got a pen in his hand. He's, he's scribbling. So there was never – there was always that, oh, he'll grow out of it. It was only, as I said, till I was about 15, 16, where – the drawings have become more intricate. And what was interesting, they, one of the documentaries I did over here, they got an art specialist. They didn't tell him I was drawing in my sleep. They just gave him all my work and said, what do you think? And his words were, it's progressed over the years. So some people think I've sort of trained myself mm-hmm. in my sleep over the years to get better. So yeah, there's, there's something there as well. So maybe we can teach ourselves things while we're asleep. You know, it's, it's, you, you just don't know. Did you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got a younger brother who's eleven months younger than me. So okay, is is yeah, there any? He, he's <laughs> he's seen it all. 
Okay, I'm sure. Is there any other such phenomenon in your family at all, or any tendencies toward uh, either being artistic or being uh, or sleepwalking or any any sort of creativity in what? an unusual vein? My mum used to sleepwalk a lot, but just general sleepwalking. In terms of artistic, there's, it's, I mean, we're, we're quite a musical family. I'm a bass player, singer, my brother's a drummer, my dad's guitarist, pianist. So I suppose in that sense of the arts, there's, we've got the musical side. But in terms of art, so to speak, as in drawings, no. Cause, well, none of my parents can draw, neither can my brother. So that side of things, no. Okay. All right. Have you ever, well, let me ask you this first. Uh, what does the future hold for you? I mean, last time we talked, there was talk of some major art exhibitions. Obviously, you're involved in some galleries, um, more documentaries perhaps. Uh, and I'd like you to tell us where people can, can see those or, or get them in this country as well, those documentaries. Yeah, well, what, what I'm going to do, Paul, is, um, it's, it's just been a full-on year this year, is I want to do a global exhibition, probably starting the latter part of next year because it's going to take quite a lot to get off the ground. I want to pick fight you know north america south america try and do africa middle east australia so i'm going to try and put that together also i was approached just after london fashion week to to join up with a, with the, a gentleman to start off a fashion label so i'm looking into that at the moment where people can because I've, I've always had a lot of people come up to me oh you should you should you know get in, involved with fashion so fashion i decided to come out yeah so i decided huh. to come out with a new range of t-shirts we're using my using the art and prints on t-shirts and at least that way I can give the story what I think the painting means and people are getting a a piece of that and obviously it'll go towards the missing people charity as well so I thought that could oh, help great. people hmm. maybe you can do so, a yeah. t-shirt for the show everything you know yeah, is wrong I, I, I will, pictures of us well, all that business <laughs> really weird well, abstract pictures of us while you're on that as well Paul what I'll do is I'll get if you want for tonight five listeners or whatever if they want to ring through I'll give five five Prints away, limited edition prints, and I'll get them sent across to you. Okay, great. Um, well, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that when we come back from our break, but sure. we've got a break. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being with your direct connect to the stars lisa j smith the dr pat show liz souza barbara mackie glynis mccance the wake-up call with l newman and tom force let us know how we're doing 248-545-7685 log on new skyradio.com 24 hours a day your spiritual well-being is our concern awaken the extraordinary live the life you've imagined look up to the sky cbs radio's the new sky new skyradio.com new horizons no boundaries
exchange, no time to exchange you and I. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with our distinguished guest, Lee Stewart Hadwin, the sleeping artist from London. And Lee, this is going to be kind of, um, I don't know, I should call it a deeper question or something that, that, that sort of, you know, there's certain things that we see that, that, that touch us and we don't know why. Are there any particular works that you have created that you, you get up in the morning and you look at them and they, they just hit you and you don't know why? So it touches something down deep that you really can't put your finger on, you know, indicating perhaps a greater significance than you, than you might have thought. I mean, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple, Paul. I did, I did a piece oh, going back about six, seven years ago after a barbecue at a friend's house. And I got up in the middle of the night and got some chicken bones, old chicken bones, and used them on this piece of plaster and started drawing circles with mm. the charcoal and using chicken bones. And, yeah, it's about it's, it's around about a five-foot piece. And when I look at that, it reminds me, I don't know, it's... It's strange, going back to the universe and the planets and stuff there, I've got about two pieces like that where I look at it, but I start getting anxious. It's, 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 it's a weird, it's, it's a very weird feeling. It's, it's like, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like I've been somewhere before. Oh, almost like yeah, really I, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I get, I get anxious if I start thinking about it too much. It's like, you know, it's like the whole thing of, you know, what was here before space, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing, and it gets your brain going. So, yeah, I get quite anxious with it. So, sweaty hands and all that. So, yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got a couple of pieces like that. So, yeah. Okay. And you've never figured out quite why? No, I'm just... Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've always believed, like, obviously there's other life on different planets and aliens, etc. I think we're from a bigger thing than what what we realise here on Earth. So... Maybe I don't know. I just I just think there's a connection there with the universe with some of the stuff I draw. Okay. So. All right, and Ben's got a question. So, how do other artists in the community feel about your work, or do you know? 
been hard, man, because a lot of, especially the art critics, which which I have to love anyway, because I've never claimed to be an artist, so I've always got one up on them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I got got a lot of art critics at the start saying, oh, he's not an artist, which is great, because I never claimed to be an artist in the beginning anyway. It was a lot, a lot of them say he's just doodling with a pencil and all this, and it's, I'm fine, I got a lot of support from other artists. I suppose you're going to get a lot of artists who have studied may have a jealousy streak in them in the sense that they've gone to college, you know, they've gone through university and, you know, they've got all these degrees in art and everything that I come along. You know, I've never done a degree in my life. And, you know, I get, yeah, I mean, I get world recognition for my work. So, yeah, it's, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, I'm here to help other people, so... While I'm doing what I can for charities and that, then yeah, so you know, it's just yeah, you're not you're not letting it get to your head, so well, that's it. So yeah, just as long as you remember where you came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, remember your roots. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about art critics. Do you have any in particular who are um, fr- well? Uh, you don't have to name names. No, you don't have to name. Well, why not? Uh, you know, who are who are very much against your work, or some who are particular fans of yours? Uh, I've I never paid much attention. I, it's strange, Paul. I don't really with the art critics. I don't really take. It's like I get, you know, I got a lot of press a couple of weeks ago after Donald Trump and everything, and you're getting a lot of art critics. I don't really, a, I don't know their names, and b, I just, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't listen to stuff like that. At the end of the day, I do what I do, and you're going to get people out there that love my stuff. You're going to get people out there that hate my stuff. It's, you know, it's. It's it's there if people want to see it. If it makes people happy, then great. And if it doesn't, then don't look at the pieces. <laughs> so oh, sure. Well, that's it. So, uh, I mean, uh, what what is your next event? What's what's coming up for you as far as uh, the next um, documentary or, uh, and or exhibition? Uh, exhibition. I just I'm doing one in Russia at the moment. It's an online exhibition that went out last Sunday. Okay. And then I'm I've got a I'm doing a major magazine for the Middle East, the Gulf News. That will be coming out after Ramadan, which will be September. And then hopefully I want I want I want to really start getting into. It's it's been hard really. Well, I, I really want to get over into America because. Uh, no disrespect, but I think the Yanks are great in terms of, you know, they, they, they believe in stuff, they push stuff, whereas here in the UK it's a lot more conservative over here. Um, You'd be very welcome. Do, yeah, I just think I could do a lot more in terms of charity-wise and stuff like that. I'd get out there more, whereas over here, as I say, it's quite conservative, the UK, so it's you're, you're, you've got a, a, a pill battle all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's, but yeah, I just as I said, I want to try and put a global global event on next year. Uh, a couple of documentaries coming up for Japan again, and hopefully for China. So we'll just see how, they, how okay. things pan out there. Well, we'll certainly give you all the publicity we can for that. Have you ever been contacted by anyone else, whether it be an artist or anyone anyone else, creative musician, who reports that the same thing happens to them? They, they do their creative work in their sleep. Have you ever encountered anyone else like yourself? I don't get any. I've not had any artists. Uh, as far as I know, I'm not paying claim to only what the Edinburgh Sleep Clinic said. They've said I'm the only person in the world that they've come across that creates so-called pieces of art. I've come across people, especially on my Facebook page, who can write poetry in their sleep mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, Like our cousin Julia Ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had, it'd be surprising how many people I've had who... You know, who wrote poetry in their sleep, and it's like going back to musicians. A lot of musicians write write lyrics of you know, well, write the music 
to a lot of songs of you know you've dreamt of like I, I can get it sometimes you'll wake up with a tune in your head and you're thinking oh, I wish I had a tape recorder next to my bed so I could record that it'd be a hit sure. so I, I, I just I just think our brain I think we just yeah we just go on to a different level I think when we are asleep our subconsciousness and you know I think scientists need to delve a lot lot deeper when you paint landscapes do you yeah. recognize where they are no, I haven't got a clue. Really? It doesn't okay. even, yeah, I don't even look at the thing and say, oh, that looks like somewhere. So it's not like I'm, I'm drawing stuff that I've seen during the day. It's, yeah, it's just stuff that I, yeah, I've never visioned. So. Do some of the landscapes look, dare I say, alien in the sense of uh, being somewhere just, else? Yeah, just just the ones, well, as I said, with the circles and stuff like that. Yeah, some of them do it's, to me when I look at them. Yeah, I look at them and it's like, you know, you can, if, you, if you really look into some of the stuff, you might see some circle and you'll see a little circle inside another circle. So it's to me it looks like different worlds and galaxies and stuff like that. Which, I mean, I, I prefer the circles. I love the circles. I've actually, I've actually got a big one framed above my bed, which I did years ago. So it's... Yeah, I've got I've got a connection with the circles. Everything else I don't. I mean, some of the numbers stuff. Uh, yeah. Some scientists in uh, New Zealand had a look at some of the numbers that I'd done, and there was one particular one that I've done where they've broken it down and they've looked deeper into it and used different lenses from cameras to look underneath the work. And there's different kind of work within the work, and yeah, they broke down the numbers, and yeah, it just means some. Some scientific stuff. So yeah, it's, there's, there's obviously some deep stuff there. So yeah, that that's very interesting, and, and hopefully you'll pursue that. Uh, which kind of leads to a very odd question because I'm an odd guy. Have you thought much about crop circles? Uh, because yeah, I, mean, I, I, I see sort of a relationship it, somehow. Sure. I mean, especially here in the UK, as you probably know, especially with the Salisbury playing, we got a hell of a lot of crop circles happening. Uh, so, yeah, I used to I used to be into crop circles. Funny enough that you bring that up, but yeah, I used to it was something that I really enjoyed watching the documentaries on. And there was, there was a big documentary on last year where a couple were in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. They were viewing some crop circles, and this fellow had actually drawn these crop circles the night before. And literally within an hour, going back to the field, they'd appeared, and some fellow had caught some light white globe going across the field. Ah, just yeah. after crop yep. circles had been developed, so I don't know if it's something to do with orbs or what. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, one of the reasons I bring it up is because Linda Moulton Howe, one of our, our uh, good friends and occasional guest on the show who helped us a great deal with the uh, our 16-hour Rendlesham Forest, the UFO incident series last year, was saying that crop circles in the UK have really fallen off. They're, they're, she wasn't aware of any that had occurred this year and that they seem to have shifted to Asia. Uh, Indonesia and India in particular are having tremendous uh, outbreaks of crop circles in comparison with what they've had before. So wh- whether there's any significance to that, she seems to think there is. And uh, I, in my strange mind, make the jump. Uh, I wonder if uh, Lee has noticed that he is creating fewer artworks than usual in 2011. No, Brian creating more circles, believe it or not, though. Or really? Maybe, yeah, maybe there is a, a connection there. Yeah, I, don't I, know, I'm not, yeah. I don't know. Whatever the, the origin of crop circles are, I have no idea. I'm kind of neutral on the alien thing. I, mean, I don't know. I don't trust aliens sure. anyway. <laughs> but I, it's a matter of uh, whatever, whatever 
is behind it seems to be something significant. So, uh, all right, very good. Well, Lee, I want to give you another chance to, we're almost, uh, you know, out of time here. I want to give you another chance to talk about this charity and, uh, whatever, and we're certainly going to help you with that. Oh, and we have to take a break. We'll talk about the charity after we get back from the break. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, CBS News Sky Radio. Stay with us. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And we are just about down to the last of our hour with Lee Stewart Hadwin, the London sleeping artist. And Lee, we wanted to give you another chance to uh, give a shout out for your charity and tell us how it's going to work and your website and that sort of thing. Yeah, brilliant. What, what, what I'd like the listeners to do, Paul, is if they can go to my website, leehadwin.co, or my Facebook page, so it's leehadwin slash sleep artist. 
Uh, if they just want to pick a print off there instead of paying, obviously, the four or five hundred, I'm just going to pay it for uh, for the listeners for fifty fifty dollars, fifty US dollars. And obviously, part proceeds will be going to the missing people charity. So if they can just go to the contact page on my website, leave me their details, and I'll contact them direct, and I'll arrange shipping and everything for them for that. Uh, nice and simple, and we have two, and we're going to, I think, probably put more than two links on our website, behindtheparanormal.com, to Lee's site, and see if we can't get that going for charity. Lee, we want to thank you. It's always a wonderful pleasure to have you with us, and we hope to have you back soon, and keep us informed about what you're doing. I sure will. Thanks, Paul, man. Very good, then. All right. Okay, folks, we've got a couple of minutes left, and I wanted to just touch on a bit of paranormal news here that has personal significance for me. As I was mentioning to Lee during our interview, I was in uh, in the Devon, and this happened to be in 1989, and I was over researching the Beast of Exmoor, as it was dramatically, uh, perhaps melodramatically called, and it was the issue of are these mountain lions or cougars or any sort of species of this uh, feline variety running around on the moors of uh, south- southwestern England eating the sheep and creating havoc and uh, running down moor ponies and things of this Kind. And the conclusion was, yes, the particular critters I, I thought might have been released into the wild by uh, perhaps uh, people who had, uh, had black panthers and this sort of thing from India or wherever, and uh, these had been breeding apparently with some of the local lynxes and things or something of that kind, and some very strange creatures were uh, resulting from this. Farmers had reported to me that they saw multiple creatures at one time uh, coming down through their fields and things of this kind. And this has been an issue uh, uh, going on, well, 30 years now. At one point, the Royal Marines, and this, of course, was in the, I believe, in the 1970s, had arrived in the area for an exercise, and uh, as part of the exercise, they tried to track down this creature. And they actually had uh, uh, reported seeing it very clearly uh, through their night scopes, night vision, and this sort of thing, but they could never get a clear shot, so they didn't didn't get any... uh, any uh, specimens of this creature. But uh, all this being uh, as it is, we just in New England here, uh, particularly in the state of Connecticut, had a a mountain lion sighting, which was uh, quite recent. And uh, the, well, as I wrote in the, in in a British magazine uh, some years ago, the American authorities tend to downplay the arrival in the east of the uh, eastern mountain lion because they're going to have they have to spend money to protect it. So as a result, um, and what's be the, the the latest excuse for the uh, a presence of a mountain lion that has been confirmed in Connecticut is that it it uh, it walked five hundred miles. What it was like three thousand miles. Or yeah, it miles walked to three thousand miles from the west and parked itself in Connecticut and said, "Here I am." So in what's being called the longest journey a mountain lion has ever taken in the United States. I remember hearing that on the news. And I'm yeah. Like, shouldn't there be more important things that they're talking about? This is only six weeks ago. A, a cougar killed in Milford, Connecticut, which is what, 75 miles from here? Yeah. Six weeks ago, it uh, was believed by some to be the same cougar sighted June 5th in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is down by New York City, traveled 1,100 miles from South Dakota to get to New England, Connecticut officials actually said Tuesday. Now, we're getting used to hearing some pretty strange things from our government, and I don't know how stupid they think we are, but this is one of them. According to the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, uh, collected uh, they collected some data on this creature, and it shows that the feline known in South Dakota as the St. Croix Cougar journeyed from that state's Black Hills through Minnesota and Wisconsin, 
and across the Midwest, likely southern Ontario, Canada, eventually to Greenwich, where it met its end after colliding with an SUV on the Wilbercross Parkway in Milford. So, wait, where, where exactly does it does it say that they have proof of that it walking like three thousand miles? Well, perhaps they have bus bus ticket stubs or a train or airplane, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe uh, yeah. that sort of thing. Paper trail, uh, maybe used as credit card. Oh yeah, for a hotel. I mean, I mean this is how ludicrous this gets. Yeah, they can just triangulate yeah. him with a cell phone. Yeah, so it's it's it is pretty strange. Anyway, we're we're down to the wire here, so we're going to close out, and uh, we want enough sarcastic again. comments. Yeah, I know, but it's so ridiculous. So anyway, uh, we want to thank again uh, Lee Stewart Hadwin, a marvelous guest. I want to tell you about the Exeter UFO Festival uh, in New Hampshire, Labor Day weekend. Uh, you can meet Ben and I there. We're going to have a little booth again. Uh, we were uh, planning to uh, be among the speakers, but apparently they had overbooked and we weren't able to do it. But we will be there uh, doing a podcast. So please come and meet us if you happen to be able to get to this on the 50th anniversary of the Benny and Barney Hill uh, abduction case. We'll give you a lecture individually. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And I also wanted to remind you that my books are available on Amazon Kindle and now Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader. And uh, check our websites and contact us through... BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information. And all that wonderful stuff. Absolutely. And we wanted wanted to uh, thank our producer, of course, Will Kosnick. And we'll see you next Sunday, August 7th, right here on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Ben and I will host an open line show to get back into that ever-growing stack of emails on many subjects, especially our 2012-2016 prognostications for whatever they may be. All right, and in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, every Eastern time every Monday. All right, and you can always get podcasts. No, we already mentioned this. Well, I'll just mention it again. Uh, we leave you with a word from that endearing old character, Pablo Picasso. Quote, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. Unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.